0: In this episode, I actually want to share five ways that you can lose weight and keep it off using mindfulness. So, I know I usually don't talk about weight loss on my platforms. Um, Yeah, I don't think, I maybe I've mentioned it like once or twice in a YouTube video, but it's not really something that I've spent a lot of time going into. And I feel led to talk about it now because I noticed recently Um, And people have been mentioning it to me for, like, the last few months um, or maybe even, like, the last year or so. But I feel like I recently really noticed just a change in my physical appearance. And um, I noticed that um, physically I have slimmed down and I've managed to keep that weight off for the last, like, year, I would say. I want to say it was like 2020 when I noticed a difference, like during the pandemic. Yeah, no, actually it was a little bit before. It's probably in like January, February where I noticed, okay, I'm looking different. I'm looking healthier. I'm looking a little bit slimmer. And this is not to say that everyone's goal is to lose weight or to look slimmer. But if it is your goal, I want to just share my story and I want to share some different ways that mindfulness can support you in that. So just to rewind and back up a little bit, um, I think it's important that I actually share my story around my body, around my weight, to give context, because a lot of people might look at me and put me in the box of skinny, or put me in the box of normal, or put me in the box of petite, I don't know what, what you would categorize me as, but I think, like, people would see me and I would kind of just naturally fit into there. So people might assume that I've never experienced any issues with my weight or with how I saw myself. And that is so far from the truth. I remember when I was probably about, I feel like I really started to have issues with the way that I looked, not only with my weight, but with my hair, my skin, my features, my, my nose, my eyes, like probably in like, the second or third grade, which is really sad to think about, that 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 early I started to feel self-conscious and I started to feel like I wasn't attractive, which is really crazy to think about now. But I remember, um, yeah, like I just didn't feel cute. I didn't feel like um, I was pretty, you know, and that's that's really sad to think about, like little baby, like second grade, I was like eight. Third grade, I was nine. So to feel that that way, so young, it's just it really breaks my heart. But um, yeah, I remember I started to feel a way, you know. And I think um, to be honest, I think a big part of that, right, tying back in that comparison that keeps coming up in like every episode, um, for me, I think that started to happen around that age because that's around the age where people were starting to develop, right. Uh, not me <laughs> I was not one of those people but and I know that might sound young to some people like second grade third grade but I remember in like the third fourth grade like I remember in the third grade that's when they um, introduced us to like periods and um, menstrual cycles and I just remember getting like this little pamphlet in school And it had, like, deodorant in it. And I think it had, like, a pad or something. And it was just, like, all the things you know, you need to know about, like, starting your cycle. And I remember being so excited. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That means, like, it's about to happen, right? Like, I don't know why I was so excited. I think it's more so, like, the idea of puberty and the idea of just, like, maturing. Because when I was younger, I was very, 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 very skinny. Very skinny. And um, I was very, like, just narrow Which, I mean, is normal for a little girl, right? To be narrow and to be flat chest. All those things are normal. But it didn't feel normal. Because when I was in the third grade and the fourth grade, there were girls in my school and in my class that were starting to develop, you know? So they wore bras and they had, you know, bodies coming in. And here I am, looking like a ruler with big feet and a big head. And I just didn't feel cute. I remember just not feeling cute from probably like the 3rd grade up until like maybe the 8th grade. I think that's when I started to be like, okay, I am kind of cute. <laughs> I think that's when it registered. Um but yeah, I just remember feeling very self-conscious and then fast forwarding to high school, um I was looking back at pictures, I'm like I was actually really cute when I look at myself when I was in high school, but I, I had this image in my mind and it's so weird because I never labeled it as this. I never had the the wording for this, of, but it may have been body dysmorphia because I vividly remember feeling like I was much bigger than I actually was. Like when I think about how obsessed I was with my stomach being flattered, It's kind of scary because when I look back at photos of myself from then, I'm like, girl, (laughs) we would pay to look like that today. Like, I would pay to look the way that I looked in high school. (laughs) But in my mind, I was chubby. In my mind, I had like a stomach. You know, I had little baby fat on me. But in no shape of the imagination was I fat. And when I really think about this, too, it's weird. It's like so much is coming up as I'm talking about this. But, of course, you guys know my name is Fatima. And when I was in high school, right, and it even started in middle school, too, but there was jokes about my name, right? Like people came up with all the fat nicknames you can think of. And thankfully, I was not fat. But thinking about this, as a person that was struggling internally with feeling like I was fat, that was probably actually really damaging to my self-esteem. Not probably, it was. It was really damaging to my self-esteem. And I remember, you know, people that I was friends with, people that were just annoying classmates um, would make the fat nickname jokes about my name. And I think I brushed it off, right? I was definitely that type of person that I would be very unfazed. But internally, it actually did affect me because I was subconsciously and secretly struggling with this idea that I was bigger than I actually thought I was. And I also want to, I probably should have said this at the beginning, that this is just my story and my experience. And I hope and pray that this is not coming off as fat shaming or anything like that, because I know everything in 2021 has to be politically correct. This is just my story and my experience, right? This is in no way to make anyone feel bad for the way that they look or for their size. I am just sharing my experience, okay? So in my mind, I really struggled with this idea that I was so much bigger than I actually was. And I remember probably like my ninth or 10th grade year in high school, I would wake up like an hour or so earlier than I needed to, to work out. And all of my workouts were app workouts. It wasn't like I was doing cardio and doing all these things. No, I would get up early. And I remember I would go and in the living room and turn on the on-demand because they had all these free fitness videos. This was like before YouTube. I would go to like on demand on cable vision and look for the fitness videos and I would do like 10 minute abs, 20 minute abs. And I was like, I just want to like, I just want my stomach to be flatter. And I would wake up every, just about every day and do that. And when I think about that, I'm like, that was not healthy on any level. It was not healthy on any level. Um, because it was like, I was trying to target focus on this area, which is a clear indication that I was not comfortable with my body. I was not comfortable with my body and I was working really, really hard to try and change it. And I even think about, you know, this is, I'm, I'm exposing myself right now, but it's okay. I even can remember when I was in high school, I didn't really eat a lot. Like I didn't really eat my lunch a lot of the times and again I would kind of like brush it off as like oh I don't necessarily want it like I didn't I didn't really eat the school lunch I would typically bring lunch from home sometimes I would bring like sandwiches or my mom would make fried chicken or whatever it was but I didn't really eat a lot of the times and yeah even thinking about that I'm like sis were you intentionally not eating because you wanted to be skinny right Was that what was going on? Because that's a problem. Um, At the time, I don't think I was consciously saying that. Like, I don't remember being like, I'm going to not eat so that I can lose weight. But I'm sad I am, my younger self, because honestly, I think that that was the intention behind it. I think that was the intention behind it, if I'm being truthful. And I share all that to say that my journey with my body has been a long one coming. I remember the summer when I was probably like 21, 22, where I really, really, it clicked, it really clicked in my brain that I was cute. Like I remember that summer so clearly. But between all that I just described up until that age, I was not comfortable with how I looked. I was not comfortable. I was not 100% comfortable and it was like a gradual process. Like at first it was like getting comfortable with my hair. Then it was getting comfortable with being dark skin or being brown skin or whatever you would want to call me. But in my community growing up, I was dark skin. Right. Um, And that's a whole layered thing that I don't feel like explaining. If you know why that's relevant, you know, if you don't know, head to YouTube and look up, (laughs) and look up some videos about dark skin and light skin in black communities and I'll just leave that there um but yeah I just remember it took a really long time for me to get to the point where I really really loved and accepted myself and it wasn't until I was in like my early 20s where it clicked it clicked and maybe on my Instagram I'll post like pictures I'll post a picture of like nine-year-old me and I'll post a picture of me in high school and I'll post a picture of. The Not the day, but like the time in my life where it clicked and I was like, oh, (laughs) we're giving you natural curls, we're giving you brown skin, okay, we're giving you all of the vibes. And now I can say that I'm at a point where I am just so, so passionate about how deeply I love and respect myself, right? And genuinely love and accept myself. And I think it's really cool too, because if you've been following me for a while, you've seen that journey. Um, If you haven't, you can go back and actually watch it because the videos are still up. I have a whole series on my YouTube channel called Soul Soul Beauty Journey. And that was me just taking people through this process of learning to love myself internally and externally. Um, So it was a very long journey to get to this point. But when I tell you the way that I feel about myself today brings me so much peace and it's not just a physical thing, right? Like the physical part is there, but it's, I love and accept myself internally, right? I'm comfortable, And I'm going to make an episode about this next. That's actually the next one that I'm going to record. It's just like the comfort that I feel within my skin. And I remember from eight years old up until maybe what, three years ago, finally feeling comfortable in my being, maybe even two years ago, right? And that's a long time to not feel comfortable. That's a long time to not feel sure of yourself, to feel insecure, to feel timid, and to feel um, just not at peace and at ease within your body. And yeah, the way that I feel now, it's like, it's so interesting because, um, actually, I'll save that for the next conversation <laughs> about perception, how people perceive that self-love. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's been a journey, right? And what I'm saying is without going too far into the other episode is that I am so grateful to be at this point and I'm excited to share ways that you can get to this point if you're not there yet. One of the ways that I'm going to dive into is really around losing weight and doing it through mindfulness and the different things that I've done. Um, and this was coming from, I would say, coming from a healthy place, right? Because as I mentioned before, there was some body dysmorphia. There was probably some um, <laughs> starvation in there. Um, but coming coming into my adult years, I actually was unhealthy. And I actually was beginning to put on weight. Whereas before it was in my mind, I would probably say around like 27, it was and like physically, like I could see it. People could see it. Like I'll never forget one time I went to my friend's house and her mom, this is literally what her mom said to me. She said, oh, what happened? And I said, what you mean? She said, you put on weight. What happened? And I was like, first of all, that was hella rude. <laughs> but secondly, like she was right though. I did put on a lot of weight and it was obvious. It was like the way my, my genetics are set up when I gain weight, it's usually in my face first, my arms and my stomach. I really wish I was one of those people that like, it would go to my booty or my thighs, but it doesn't. It goes to my face, my arms and my stomach. And I just looked bloated. I looked uncomfortable. I looked um, stuffed, right? I looked pudgy. I didn't necessarily look like to the average person, people probably wouldn't have said, oh, she's overweight. But to people who knew me, It was like clear that I had put on weight and it was like that uncomfortable weight. It wasn't like, oh, girl, this weight look good on you. It was like, no. (laughs) It was like, um, what's going on? And what was going on was I was actually very stressed. So I remember around that time I was working in New York City. I was working in the Empire State Building and I was burnt out. I remember feeling very exhausted. I was commuting from New Jersey every day to New York. And I had been doing that for years, but I was reaching the point where it was just becoming too much. And I actually have a lot of videos on my YouTube channel around this time because I was creating a lot of content. It was really in the midst of like my soul beauty journey. And I remember um, just being so tired and so fatigued. And I talked about this in a YouTube video around how I found out that I had low a low amount version of hypothyroidism. And I say had because I don't claim that anymore. And I don't claim that because actually by changing my lifestyle, I was able to level out everything, right? So this is not delusion. This is literally like, I don't claim it because it was something that I experienced. And then my body got back into balance, right? So yeah that was causing my hair to thin it was causing my eyebrows to thin i was always cold always always cold like fingertips always cold feet were always cold my skin was so dry like so dry and i've never struggled with dry skin my skin was dry nonstop. um i was extremely bloated very constipated um and just uncomfortable. I remember feeling uncomfortable with my body. And again, I'm going to do my best to put pictures because as I'm speaking, I'm thinking of pictures that kind of coincide with each part of this journey. But I remember I did this shoot with one of my friends, a photo shoot. And I remember he took the photos of me and I hated the way I looked. I hated how I looked. I was like, oh my gosh, like I have a double chin. I just look so dry. I didn't look happy. Right. And Yeah. And I just remember not feeling good in my body. And that's when I decided to, at first I went vegan or I switched to eating a plant-based diet. And then I gradually started to add different things back into my diet. And I'll be honest, I didn't lose weight right away when I switched to a vegan diet because I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't eating a balanced diet. Um, So it didn't cause me to lose weight, but it did cause me to feel better. And um, so I stuck with eating in that way since then. And since then, I've fluctuated. Like, I I guess I'm considered a pescatarian now because I eat seafood. But I cut out dairy. I cut out cheese at the time. And I cut out all meats. I was only eating plant-based. And yeah, and then so that happened. And from, from that time up until moving to California, I was still very pudgy. I was still very bloated looking. Even in the photos and the videos from when I was road tripping to California, you can see how I looked. And I, to me, I just did not look healthy. Um, and then when I got to California, I think that's when I started to notice a shift, right? So that was like late 2019. And I think the shift happened one because I was just happier, right? I was just happier that I was not working in New York City. I was happier that I was in my own space again. I was happier that um, I had this abundance of sunshine, right? Like coming from New York where, um, you know, if you live in the Northeast that sometimes like those winter months are rough, like they are rough because it is cold, long, and very dark. And it was the complete opposite in California. It was sunny all the time. Like I was getting so much sunshine. I was going hiking. I was spending more time in nature. I was just naturally working out more. I was moving my body more. And um, I started to notice a shift. The biggest shift though was in 2020. The biggest shift was in the beginning of 2020 where I literally just noticed like my face shape changed. My clothes started to fit better. I felt so much more confident. And here are the five things that I did, the five mindfulness practices that I started to incorporate into my life, and um, that I would recommend that you try if you have tried to lose weight and it hasn't worked for you. So the first tip was mindful eating, right? So I'm not telling you to become a vegan or to eat a plant-based diet or to become a pescatarian, but Just mindfully eating can help to put a lot of things in perspective. So what is mindful eating? Mindful eating is simply being aware when you're eating. So think about all the times when you sit down to have a meal and you're multitasking. Maybe you're working, you're talking on the phone, maybe you're standing, maybe you're not even sitting, right? Maybe you're like doing other stuff at the same time. And think about how many times you've just sat down at the table or on the couch or wherever you eat, and just the only thing you did was eat your meal. The only thing thing you did was notice, okay, putting the fork into the food and putting it into your mouth and tasting the flavors and chewing slowly and just savoring. How often do you do that? For most of us, it's not very often. And that was something that hugely helped me, right, and what I would do was I would cook a meal for myself, and I would try to be mindful as I was cooking it, too, and once I would cook the meal, I would try to be intentional about sitting down at the dining table and just eating, not scrolling on my phone, not watching a video, just simply eating. That made a huge difference. The second thing was mindful walking, similar to mindful eating, right, how often when we're walking, we're doing other things, right, Where maybe we're listening to a podcast or we're on the phone or we're on social media, right? But it's rare that, um, at least for me at the time, that I would just, like, take a walk and simply just take a walk. And that was something I started to do. I would, I might listen to music, but I would be intentional about um, listening to things where I could still be present. So maybe, like, lo-fi or jazz or um something without lyrics. And I would just walk. I would listen to the birds. I would um, look at the trees and notice the sun on my skin and notice the breeze. Um, And I started doing that every day. I I was walking every day, at least an hour every day. And the next thing that I did was breath work. Now, if you haven't done breath work before, maybe I'll make a full video, a full episode about this in the future. Um, breath work is basically a form of altering your breathing in a way that can help you to release a lot of trapped emotions, right? Built up emotions. The way I like to describe it is kind of like therapy, where you have that big, kind of like aha moment, right? Um, but in therapy, a lot of the times you can connect the dots, right? Like you talk to your therapist about this and it brings up this and then you're like, oh, wow, an epiphany. Whereas with breath work, there's really no connecting the dots. It's just an experience in your body where you can often walk away feeling like you have clarity. And if that doesn't make sense, I would recommend that you head over to my Instagram to learn more about um, some of the breath work classes that I'm teaching. If you want to take a class and learn more. But doing breath work, I started doing breath work in the midst of the pandemic, and I was going through a breakup, and I just remember feeling so overwhelmed, so heartbroken, so sad. And I discovered breath work through Koya Web on YouTube and Instagram, and it changed my life. It really did allow me to just like shed a lot of the pain and sadness that I was experiencing. And then, you know, also in addition to the pandemic, it was just like a lot. It was a lot during that time for everyone. But I remember for me personally, breathwork was the thing that really helped me to get through it. And some of the benefits of breathwork are similar to meditation, which is the fourth mindfulness tip was a daily meditation practice. So if you don't know, I'm a meditation instructor and a breathwork facilitator. And one of the main benefits of meditation and breath work is that it relieves anxiety and stress. And anxiety and stress are typically some of the main factors and why we hold on to excess weight. Um, I believe I've talked about this before, but there's this book called this The Empath Survival Guide. And that book changed my life because it talked about how as empaths, right, so people who are highly sensitive, people who are sensitive beings, sensitive to light, sound, smells, other people's energy, how as a protection method, we can oftentimes put weight on to protect ourselves, to protect our energy. And learning that shifted everything for me because I was like, whoa, this could be a huge part of why I'm carrying this extra energy because, like I said, I was stressed. I was working in New York City, okay? Okay in the middle of time, in the middle of Manhattan, I'm around so much energy. I felt depleted all the time. I was not in flow. I was not aligned, right? And that was the biggest thing. It's like, because I was not aligned, my body was in distress. My body was like, girl, this is not it. This is not it, okay? Literally, that's what my body was trying to tell me. This is not it. As someone that is highly sensitive, and also if you're into human design, someone that is a projector, the lifestyle I was living was leading to all types of dis-ease in my body, to just be 100% real. So, breath work and daily meditation really helped me to move that stagnant energy to get my emotions and stress and hormones back into balance. And that was huge. Some other, and, and the last thing that I would mention that really helped us as well is yoga. Um, and I, didn't do anything too crazy. I really, really love yin yoga. It's something that I still practice. I try to do every day. And yin yoga is just like the slower forms of meditation where you hold the poses really, really long. And it's really all about moving trapped emotions, right? So it's a way for me to constantly come back into balance, to release stress, to release anxiety. And those are the five mindfulness practices that have truly contributed to me, not only losing weight, but keeping the weight off in a year. This has been gradual. This has been over a year. So if you if you came here for like a quick fix of how to lose weight, I can't offer you that. <laughs> but I can offer you lifestyle changes that will not only help you to feel your best, look your best, but also to be in your best state of mind, which is the most important, in my opinion. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And head over to my Instagram when you hear this, because like I said, I'm going to post a slideshow or carousel with images from all the different stages in this journey. And I think it'll just be fun to kind of reflect because um, I've never really talked about my journey with my body and my health and um, Yeah. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed recording it. Like I said, I just exposed myself in all the ways, but it's okay because I think um, somebody else can probably relate. And maybe you're going through that right now where you're realizing that maybe you do have some issues with body dysmorphia or um, not eating properly in order to lose weight. And um, hopefully if you're in a place too, I would recommend seeking professional help if you can. Um. That actually leads me perfectly into Faithful Counseling, which is an app that I've used multiple times for therapy. Um, So if you are a Christian or if you're someone that just values faith and you want to speak to a therapist, a licensed therapist that is also um, faith-based, check out Faith Counseling. Click the link in my description to um, save on your sessions and yeah, I hope that it helps because, um, yeah, struggling with body image is, it really does start in the mind, right? It starts in the mind. So yeah, let me know how that goes for you if you decide to try it out. Again, thank you all so much for listening. I love you so much and I will talk to you in the next episode. I also want to mention before I let you go that My team and I are still raising money for the Soul Beauty Outreach Nonprofit. If you don't know what that is, go back to episode number 80, I believe, where I talk exclusively about the nonprofit. It's a whole episode, probably an hour long, where I describe to you why we started it, what the mission is, and how we plan to get there. And I also talk about why we're raising money. But really quickly, for those who don't know, Soul Beauty Outreach is a nonprofit designed to provide soul care to homeless women. What does that mean? Mental health, mindfulness, and meditation resources being provided in spaces where the mental and emotional health of a person is typically overlooked. So if that's something that you want to be a part of, click the link in the description of this podcast right now and make a donation. Also, If you want to learn more information about all of this, there's more information on the Instagram at soulbeautyoutreach. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. And I will talk to you in the next one.